the Shepherdess at Harmony Farms, where we encourage you to think big, start small, and don't quit. Hey, thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Shepherdess Podcast. Today's episode is breaking down the four original principles of marketing and how they can apply to our small farm businesses. Now, this is actually the live question and answers portion of the Farm on the Web Workshop newsletter edition. So there's going to be a bit of an eclectic mix as far as questions, answers, as well as the breakdown of the four original principles of marketing. Now, the Farm on the Web Workshop is a monthly workshop that I host to help small farmers get their farms on the internet. Now, the Farm on the Web Workshop is a paid workshop. However, as a sampler, I have created the newsletter edition to be free and the replay will be sent to you automatically when you click on the link in the show notes. It will teach you how to boot up a newsletter for your farm, which is the foundational element to all other internet marketing efforts. And as always, guys, your feedback is fuel. Please email me at shepherdess at harmonyfarms.blog if these podcasts are helpful for you, if this content is useful. Also, you can find me on Instagram at harmonyfarms.dorpers. Again, there's going to be a slight audio transition because this is audio from a live workshop. Thank you once again and enjoy. So marketing, according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, is simply the action or business of promoting and selling products or services, including the process of market research and advertising. This whole marketing thing, the marketing term, and what is involved in marketing is more frequently overcomplicated than it is put simply as it is. And marketing is essentially just putting your products in front of people who will buy them. Market research is making sure that you have kind of pre-screened those people and you're putting it in front of the right people. All right, brandtobrandmarketing.net. This really falls in line with the whole marketing house that I showed you earlier. And it is the rule of sevens in marketing. And this has been one of the most consistent rules in my marketing career as far as how it plays out and how it contributes to my success in what I do. So the rule of sevens is quite simply that it takes an average of seven interactions with your brand or product before a purchase will take place. Interactions being defined as things like an email newsletter, things like a Facebook post. You need to expect people to not respond one ounce until you have made seven interactions with them with respect to what you're selling and what you're marketing. So that helped me to pace myself when I wouldn't see the response after that first newsletter or that first blog post or that first Instagram post. So I hope that encourages you guys as well. Julie says, if I plan on going to the farmer's market every other week, should I plan on the newsletter going out a day or two before the Saturday I plan on going? Absolutely, yes. I put out in, um, I think I put it on the worksheet, but I don't know for sure. 
but it will for certain increase awareness with respect to people stopping by and it may even get people to the farmer's market who wouldn't normally go. I'm going to say based on my experience, I follow someone from my local farmer's market and they are on Instagram and whenever I see their posts, they will be posting about the inventory that they have available at the farmer's market. So yes, for sure. Plan on the newsletter. I would say plan on the newsletter going out at least two days in advance of your farmer's market. And then you could do one more nudge a day before. You don't want to oversaturate their inboxes, but I don't think it would be too much to send out to announcing that you're going to be at the farmer's market if you are only going every other week. So you don't want them to miss that for sure. Okay, um, to double back to the rule of sevens, because really how many of us would buy a highly priced item from an unfamiliar brand on the first interaction? And our farm products as regenerative farmers, we're going a little more specialty. We're going a lot more quality than what people will go to the local Walmart and find. And number two is we are not a familiar grocery source. It doubles back to the rule of sevens thing and you need to use your newsletter. And like I showed you previously, this whole internet marketing house to create points of contact with your potential buyers the people that will be buying from you in the future. Make it your goal to get those seven interactions in. A couple of examples of interactions. If you did not want to go exclusively newsletter, an interaction would be like an Instagram post or a Facebook post or business card. Or let's just say you sent out, let me give you a combination that I think would work pretty well over the course of one month. So over the course of one month, in order to promote, say my grass-fed beef goes live, as it will at the end of this month. So I would probably over the course of one month, I would send out three email newsletters letting people know that it's available. And I would also send out four Instagram posts and four Facebook posts. Those are probably the most frequently used online marketing platforms. And that's kind of the combination that I would use. It's a total, it's kind of a beginner guide, beginner level opportunity to create those interactions, but those would create, that would create, let me think where I'm at, an 11 interactions with your followers there um, to, to get that, to get that sevens. And to, the, to be honest, the rule of sevens has saved me from a lot of discouragement and it's promoted a lot of stamina with respect to my marketing efforts in the past. So as long as the product I'm promoting is useful, desirable, or on trend, that sale should be in the bag by that seventh interaction. Saying that you did your market research and you're not marketing your grass-fed beef to somebody who's buying Twinkies at the uh, convenience store. All right, so does anybody have any other questions going on tonight? Bart Weber, why did you choose Gorper Sheep? And what is your business plan for processing? Okay, so good question. I chose Dorper Sheep because of the versatility I had and then the marketability of the animal. I have a great market for live animals on the hoof. The market for Dorper Sheep is super hot right now. So say this crazy processing clog continues for eight or 10 more months, I can sell my lambs alive, plain and simple, very easily and make a profit off of them. The lamb I live in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we kind of have a cultural demographic that has an appreciation for lamb. I hear in certain parts of the country, it's difficult to sell 
lamb, pound for pound, as a ready-to-cook item. But in Dallas-Fort Worth, we do have the market for it, and it is 30 to 40% above grass-fed beef. Now, I have diversity on farm, and I have diversity in my overall marketing scheme, um, but sheep are my main hunk of it. And so, yeah, I'm going to be planning on making money from the meat. I have a lot of rams on pasture right now. We've just finished lambing, or no, I'm sorry, we are just a little over half done with lambing, and it is boys' world out there, so we've got a ton of rams. The ones that do not have the genetics for good breeding, I will be selling and growing out as pasture-raised lamb. So, hope that answers your questions. Thank you for asking. And then Dorper sheep, again, I guess something that ties back to the breed. I am in Texas, and they are a hair sheep, so they're actually specifically bred for a really hot um, climate, and they do really well here. They do even better a little bit farther south. It's a bit wet here for them, which if you watch my YouTube channel, you'll hear a lot about me talking about parasite management strategy and such um, because of the wet element with their particular breed. So, all right, I'm just going to do a quick re repeat of the four P's, the four original principles of marketing. I ran through this last night really briefly um, on the small farmer meetup. I'm going to answer Julie's question. Can you share what you have been doing in the past 10 years um, to get to the point of raising lambs? I don't know if you watched my YouTube channel, but a year ago, against all odds, I sort of felt called to farm. I did it sort of because I had the resources at hand and, and for the past 10 years and really for my whole life. The crux of my business mind and my drive in business has been resource conversion. I think my first business was when I was 13. I converted a bag of my mom's scrap fabric into baby apparel and I began selling it on the internet. It did really well and that actually grew and is still a primary source of income for me right now. So when I looked out my window at 30 acres, I saw an underutilized asset. And not only that, but we were also watching what was happening as a result of the pandemic. And it made me thought, made me think, okay, I have the resources at hand. We've been eating grass-fed meat for the last 13 years for health reasons. What is holding me back from at least getting into this as a means of providing for my family? Then I picked up Salad Bar Beef by Joel Salatin, and that kind of blew my mind wide open to the principles of regenerative agriculture and the need for people to farm small scale with an emphasis on soil health. And another thing in business that um, I'm constantly watching for is undervalued assets. And if you as a business owner or as an investor can identify an undervalued asset and begin investing in it, that is where your greatest gains will come from. And it's gonna sound crazy, but I realized that soil health, soil in general, was one of the most undervalued assets in is in, in the world, really. I realized that my gains from investing in soil health may not be monetary immediately, but I realized there was something in it worth investing in. So I hope that was clear enough, but that is pretty much exactly how I came to being a sheep farmer from retail marketing 
and business management. I think in the overall scheme of things, as the year has played out and as time has gone by, I've seen how the Lord has really had maybe a bigger reason for it all because people seem to be really responding to my willingness to share what I know of marketing in the farming arena. I was on a call with Joel Salatin. He said, you know, most farmers aren't marketers, so there really could be something here. And so I'm kind of motivated to share what I know from the past 10 years um, in, in the farming context, because when I jumped into farming, I jumped into it with a very serious business mind. I didn't want it to be a hobby and I didn't want it to be something I would lose money on, even though I'm still at that risky phase in the game where my investments have not started generating a sizable income yet. But because of where I was at in business, I made sure to kind of have a solid outline with respect to at least how I planned to make an, an income from this. Um, I listened to a business, he's kind of a business expert, and one of his mantras is start with the end in mind. If you can't build your plans out in your mind or on a piece of paper, you know, how can you expect to build them out in the real world? I mean, it's kind of a field of dreams situation if you can't at least pencil out how you're going to make something profitable. And so that's kind of what I did in a, in a sort of a way with my farm. I made sure I understood what kind of volume I would need to hit those, those income levels that I had set and the goals. David, most farmers aren't marketers truth. There's a reason we spend a lot of time alone in a field. <laughs> I see the four Ps, the four original principles of marketing. These are all true stories, guys. And the four Ps are products, price, place, and promotion. If you can nail down these for any product set that you are planning on selling, anything that you're planning on selling, if you can nail these down, your sales should really follow, you know, in the perfect world thing. But product is nailing down what you're going to sell. Somebody asked earlier what, um, what my market was as far as Dorf or Sheep. Well, I have a variety of products I can sell in, the, in that arena products being I can sell the live meat and I can sell, sorry, I can sell the live animal and I can sell the meat pound for pound. So products nail down what you're going to sell. Also my farm merch kind of plays into the overall diversification, shop for me, farm, shop blog. Um, but you know, what are you going to sell? And I honestly would encourage you guys to think creatively in your diversification. Are you good at wood woodworking? Are you good at leatherworking? And can you do that from a home base? And, you know, as you get your website up and going, like I hope you guys will join me and do next month. Um, as you get your website up and going, can you add a diverse array of products that will increase your income streams? you know, in an unconventional, unconventional yet still home-based way, which is, I think a lot of people are in farming to have sort of a home-based or a more close, you know, sort of opportunity for income. Are you going to have a session on farm merchandise? That's a good question. I would really love to do that. So maybe I'm going to get the basics taken care of. I'm going to get my farm, my um, internet marketing house built with you guys. Um, but that's a good bumper idea. Price is P number two, and that is what am I going to charge? And this is something, oh man, I only have 15 minutes left, but I could talk all night on this, but what am I going to charge? And in my career, I have had the horrible habit of undercutting myself in my products. Um, something I've really overcome the last few years, but just make sure that you have combed through all of your expenses when you set your prices. 
and that you have got your expenses down to a T and that you are not undercutting yourself with respect to pricing. Places and where am I going to sell my products? So I'm gonna build this out as to where I am going to sell my products. I have gone first to my friends and family. They're gonna be buying my farm meat products largely. This is gonna be another pro tip that I was not supposed to release until the Facebook farm on the web workshop, but I have created connections within Dorper Sheep Facebook groups. And so if you have a product or a breed that you are specifically building out, there's likely a Facebook group for it. And I would recommend that you get interactive in those groups. I, Facebook and Instagram are two mediums that I love to hate. The reality is people are there, but the reality is um, I've also been really badly burned on them. So I try to balance my interaction there with building in my own platforms. So where am I going to sell my products? I'm gonna be selling my products at my own website. I'm gonna be doing pre-orders for my meat through my website. And I'm also going to be selling it locally. I have a few farmer's markets mapped out that I can go to and gonna be selling local to friends and family. And I'm gonna be selling through Facebook and Instagram. And I'm going to be selling through my newsletter. And that's the neat thing about um, a newsletter list is that you can begin selling your products without having a website, without having a Facebook, you can begin selling your products right there. You can just send out an email that says, hey, I've got half of a steer still available, such and such price. Email me back, send me a check, and the, the sale is sealed right there. My 10-year-old daughter, Taylor, is watching with me and asks, how much do you recommend, how much land do you recommend for a first-time farm? Well, I have friends who grow a tomato crop of three or four, 400 on just a quarter of an acre and if you have a tomato crop of that size you can start a spaghetti sauce business on quarter of an acre and be a farmer so don't have to have much i'd say you just have to have a front yard and a backyard and that's it and then here's another thing i have a 13 year old little sister and she has a plot maybe it's five foot by five foot and she grows zinnias in that plot and she uses horse compost from our local horse barn and that compost grows the best flowers. So she's not sold any yet, but my plan is that when I get my farmer's market stand, she is gonna be selling bouquets of zinnias from that five foot by five foot plot. And I think she's probably gonna make more money than me with those flowers because they are just that beautiful. So Taylor loves spaghetti sauce, Taylor, do it. Taylor's spaghetti sauce. I expect to see a newsletter about that soon. Promotion is the fourth P and it is how am I going to convince people to buy my product? Well, if you're 10 years old like Taylor, you're really cute and you probably don't need very much. When I was 10, I went to home shows with my dad and he would always give me the business cards and I loved handing out his business cards because people loved me because I was 10 and people love 10 year olds. Anyways, so if you're 10, you probably don't have any trouble trying to convince people to buy your products. Um, but for me personally, promotion is going to be really emphasizing the health benefits of my product, really emphasizing what it did in my life when I made the transition to this quality food several years ago. And I'm also going to be using my videos and imagery from my farm to promote this, to help them to understand that this purchase, you know, this pound of beef or whatever, it's not just a pound of beef but they're really investing in a sustainable solution to a crisis that 
we did see unfold this last year. I know that people are going to get back to life and people aren't going to, you know, people may not care as much as they do right now, but I don't think it's a bad idea to capitalize on people's concern right now. And the reality that we saw empty grocery stores for months on end last year. I don't think it's a bad idea to say, hey, I want myself and my farm to be a solution to that for you um, and, and making that part of your promotion. So, David, newsletter question. We have some special offers and coupons at times. Is it better to put them in the newsletter or send that out separately? <sighs> always, always in the newsletter. Always, always, always. And, and put it at the top and put it at the bottom. When people open a newsletter, they're looking for what's in it for them. And if you have a promotion, that's really gonna be gold. So you need to put that, you know, say imagine this was, this was the newsletter. You need to have your promotion big and bold right here. And then you need to repeat your promotion big and bold right here, you know, after you sign off. Many thanks, David, at Christmas Tree Farms. I'm not sure what your name, name of your farm is, but anyways, yeah, say it again. And again, and include it in every single email newsletter that you send out for the duration of that promotion. I have right now, one of the brands I'm working is the Children's Apparel, like I just said. We have an ongoing promotional, which is free shipping. I include it in every single email. People are probably sick of seeing it, but people also use it a lot. So every single email. Yes, sir. All right, I think that we are about to round this off, guys. If you do not have any more questions, I have enjoyed this so very much, and I hope that you will be back for next month's Farm on the Web workshop where I teach you how to boot up a very simple but very, very effective website. One of the reasons that I want to encourage you guys to get your website up and going right away is for search engine rankings. So, again, we're post-2020, and more and more people are using the internet to find things. More and more people are buying produce on Amazon. So when they go to Google and search grass-fed beef in Dallas-Fort Worth, I want Harmony Farms to be number one. And that's what I'm beginning building my website to be. Even though I do not have grass-fed beef available for another year, it takes a little while to get those search engine rankings going. So next month, I'm gonna be teaching you how to create a simple but effective website so you can begin building out your story there as well as on your newsletter and that you can begin gathering newsletter subscribers from those google search engine rankings that you got going on all right so elizabeth says teach me how to make a website shut up and take my money all right elizabeth 15 dollars. it's going to be the best 15 dollars you will ever spend you stick around till next month like i said this was a free workshop for you guys to figure out if it was worth it and to be honest, guys, it is because if you try to go and find this information anywhere else, it's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars per hour just for the consultation. I really want to make this available for everyone at a good price. And if you guys could let others know, the more the better in these workshops, the more people I have, the more I can continue to build into this quality source of information for you guys because that's gen genuinely what I want it to be quality and simplified a simplified source for for marketing information i'm going to try to skim the very very best off the top all right guys follow me at armyfarms.blog subscribe to my newsletter if you're, you're probably subscribed already if you are in this workshop and i look forward to seeing you all 
next month for how to build a simple website that will begin ranking you on Google the moment you press publish. For more content surrounding small-scale farming and my personal journey as well as information on sheep farming in general, please visit www.harmonyfarms.blog and be sure to subscribe to my newsletter there. <laughs>